When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gunas podcast. My name's Lewis. Um, I'm joined by Coogs and Sean. How you doing, gentlemen? It's lovely, uh, lovely Thursday morning. All good, man. All good. The sun's been shining all week, man. Can't complain. It has bit of rain last night. Bit of rain, tiny bit, but other than that, it's good, man. Yeah, so like things are looking quite sunny off the pitch as well with Arsenal. You know, we've um we've got a lot to discuss. Today, some what a shiny new signing, um, which you guys have already done the the Patreon piece about, you know. So if you're looking for a more extensive breakdown on who Fabio Vieira is, and I'm looking forward to all these like Vieira cliches now, you know, um, it's gonna be interesting when on on his debut, just hearing, um, uh, you know, he's 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 not he's not quite like Vieira, you know, but yeah. Vieira that we do know but yeah um if you are interested in like an extensive breakdown on who Fabio Vieira is you can uh, go to our patron page Coog Sean and was it Shabs as well yeah yeah you guys you guys did a really extensive breakdown on on who Fabio Vieira is I really enjoyed it actually lots of uh he looks like a really really good player man like mm. we we look like we might have a gem there he's uh if he gets in the gym, if he gets in the gym, I think he can do bits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he does look um he does look quite lightweight. Uh but everything I've seen from the clips, he looks super techie, man. And I, I'm all here for super techie players because I don't think we've got enough of those players in, in the squad. Um Sean, I'll come to you first. What's uh um what's What's your initial impressions of of Fabio Vieira, and, and like, what do you think he brings to the team? Yeah, he, he, he looks sick, man. He's just you know a well-rounded, all-round attacking midfielder. Um, he can play as a ten, play as an eight, play off one of the sides as well. So, um, you know, it fits in with what Arteta talks about. You know, with that specificity, having tactical flexible players so you know you can chop and change and i guess in a season where we're going to be playing every three days for competitions we you know we spoke last season about the level dropping too much when certain guys are not available so hopefully you know this sort of acquisition along with some rumored others um you know helps to raise the level generally um and keep us around the same so i like him um very very good for he looks like a fantastic final ball um, you know, I, I know see some. I know some people disagree, but I really do see Bernardo Silva comparisons with him. I like his ability to carry as well. He's got a quick little burst of acceleration over like he's not fast, but you know, over like five, ten, fifteen yards, he can get away from his man as well. Um, and yeah, like I said, his final third execution is fantastic. Um, 
started a lot of the season on the bench last year. But, um, you know, as Luis Diaz left, he came in, um, you know, got loads and loads of minutes and, you know, ended up with, I think, what was it, 14 assists in the league, which is crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, considering the amount of minutes he he started. Um, I think it was in all comps, seven goals, six, 16 assists, something like that. But anyway, he's hella productive. And um, going forward, that's definitely what we need. Mm. Yeah, his his um his stats are really impressive, you know. And um I think sometimes obviously with assists and and stuff like that, we've seen from players before, like who have had crazy amounts of like players like Ryan Fraser, and then you look at their you look at their stats and they you look at their clips, they all, all their assists are coming from like corners, free kicks, and you know, things like that, which you know, nothing nothing wrong with getting a cheeky assist from a corner and assist, but that's not exactly what we lack right now. We lack Open play, ingenuity. I think it said only three of his assists were set pieces. The rest were all yeah. open play as well. So that, that's really promising. Yeah, he's very much a open play, um, chance chance creation machine. Well, but basically, from what I've seen anyway, from 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 the clips. I mean, I've not watched him extensively at all. Um, Cougs, you excited about this signing? Yeah, I, I think I am. You know, and I think um, I like the direction. Um, that that we seem to be taking with with this um, with this uh, transfer because I think last year there was a big um, onus on Saka uh, and Erdegaard really to be our main creators and then you see all the stats you know I think we only scored twenty five goals from open play you know and that in a thirty eight game season that's uh, that's pretty poor um, you know and then I think in you saw in certain games that when you shut down Erdegaard a lot of the time away from home. Um, in some of these big, big pressure, you know, loud um, stadiums, we didn't really have an answer, you know. And then also, uh, when we went a goal down to us, is something that you've sort of like been banging the, the drum on that, you know, we're not really able to to come back in games. And I think part of that is that when you know we don't always have the answer um, against a team that's that's gone up and they're trying to defend defend the league, right? It's, probably the hardest thing that you can do in football. And I think the answer to that is signing some more of these guys, um, you know, who can, you know, sort of pick that lock as it were. So I'm I'm quite excited uh, to see sort of the creation numbers from him because they are, they are pretty amazing. You know, I think um, for someone that had, you know, such few minutes in his league, I think he, he ended up with the most assists in the division, you know, and he definitely didn't play um, anywhere near like all the minutes available, you know, something like half, um, and I think it was in the league equivalent of like 14 and a half um, games. And he's ended up with 14 assists. And, you know, the majority of them are from open play. I think that's um, that's something you can't really, really balk at. And you just hope that we're able, that's able to translate um, into the Premier League and into some of these, um, you know, more difficult fixtures that we might have uh, playing for Arsenal. I think on him, though, it's not all positive. Uh, I, I will say like he, he's basically, he's built like a, a coat hanger, you know what I mean? Right? He's a very slim guy. Um, and so I'm hoping that, you know, he's got some of that leg strength, he's got some of that core strength that, you know, Shell's mentioned about Bernardo Silva, someone like a, a David Silva, someone like a Santi Cazula, where they can ride a challenge because, you know, I think we've seen even Erdegaard at times, um, the physicality of this league, he's found it quite difficult, you know, and I don't think that we can afford to have um, someone who needs, uh, you know, 18 months to bed in before we start seeing the best of them. And I think, you know, with, even with Bernardo Silva, his first year wasn't, you know, he didn't exactly set the ground alight despite what we've seen of him at Monaco. So, you know, I'm just hoping that 
um, he can hit the ground running um, and, and and give us some of that attacking impetus that we are, we need at times. Yeah, yeah. It's just looking at the fee. I mean, it's is is it twenty nine million? Is it is that, yeah, is that twenty nine million pound? I think twenty nine million pound. Right, and, and we've spoken a little bit about how you know he didn't really play the whole season. He, um, I can't remember how many minutes you you said Dan, but it's like it's basically like half the minutes available, right? So mm. he's essentially played half the season. Any concerns that maybe we've shed? Because even even though these days twenty nine million doesn't sound a lot, it's still it's still quite a hefty amount of money to to lay out on a player. Um, any concerns that we've you know signed a player based off of a very small sample size, and you know we've seen players like, we even had like someone like Joe Willock who uh, you know took the prem by storm at West uh, at, at Newcastle, scored you know ten goals or whatever it was in half a season. Then we sold him for 30 million and, you know, didn't quite do the same thing last year for, for Newcastle. Struggled quite uh, quite a bit, actually. Any concerns that maybe we've, you know, that this is a bit of a gamble, you know, paying £29 million where there's such a small sample size of games, many of which he didn't even start. No, I, I think I think this is you know. Firstly, I, I don't think he's been brought in as a starter. I think he's been brought in as a rotation option, and hopefully, over the course of the season, probably there'll be a six-month bedding in period for him. He'll probably get like you know the Europa games, etc., to start, and then maybe as the season pans on, depending on how well he's doing, he might come into a starter. But I don't think you know this isn't the sort of guy they would have panicked by. You know, he, he fits you know loads of different positions within the squad so dependent on how we're setting up or you know who we're playing he, he can fit in and um, you know adapt accordingly I think you know the concerns you know you mentioned Willock but Willock always we saw you know technically wasn't at the level that we that we necessarily wanted even though we spoke about the goals we're talking about general impact in general play um, and this guy you know he has high chance creation numbers even if you even if you were to put the, the assists aside because i think you know sometimes the way we measure assists you know it's reliant on the on the person scoring you know what i mean so but his numbers in terms of you know um expected assists expe um, you know uh key passes per game they're, they're very very much up there man so i'm not i'm not necessarily worried about that like dan said it's, it's more the physical side i'd be i'd be worried about i think you know i think technically he looks he looks great to me he looks really really good so i think once he's up to speed with the intensity and stuff i think he'll be fine i know and just to touch on your point i know obviously 29 mils not a lot but i think we probably have to start to move away now and, and just look at holistically what's happening within the transfer market worldwide um what that would have been you know say five ten years ago um it's probably not a lot now it's, it looks like what people are spending on squad players do you know what i mean we're talking that we're going to pay over 50 mil for jesus we're going to put Rafinha is looking at like 50 to 60 mil. So um, I think it's just adapting to the new nature of the world. You know, this was Darwin Nunes' breakthrough season at what Benfica and Liverpool basically spending 100 million euros. So I think, yeah, the concept of prices, I think, are just changing generally now, man. So it's, it's less about, I think, just less about that, just more about the player quality in general, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I find it. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you on on those points there. So you, you talk about him being a a backup option to start, or like a rotational option, I should say. Um, there's like quite a lot of discussion and discourse over like where he would actually play because he does seem like a play a player who could play in a multitude of positions, especially in the setup that we currently have. People have spoke about him as being as as one of the eights potentially being a 10, potentially being one of the wide forwards. 
Um, where do you guys see him him fitting in primarily? Where do you where do you guys see him suited as as uh, you know his best position? Yeah, I think I think um, he's 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 going to be sort of similar to Erdegaard, um, but I think with a bit more flexibility, right? So um, I can definitely see him coming in, um, depending on what happens with you know that Tielemans um, deal coming in and being uh, one of the the two eights that we play there, um, or I can see him uh, potentially rotating with um, Saka and playing on the right wing. So you know he's played on the right wing for uh, with for Porto this season quite a bit, but I think the the main position of his was the number 10. And I can even see a, a, a situation where um, he's sort of the the right 10 um, and then Erdegaard is shifted to the left and, and played as um, sort of that left centre mid because he's more... The, the way I see it, right, is that I see Vieira as a bit more of um, a final ball player. I know Erdegaard has that um, in his locker, but I think that um, he's probably... Um, a bit more controlled in his play than someone like Vieira. Um, and I think in that final third, when you have these runners like your Martinelli's, your Nketiah's, your Gabriel Jesus, you need someone who is going to be able to punch that ball um, through the lines. And, you know, on that scouting piece, there was a lot of through balls that we saw. There was a lot of, um, you know, third man runs, etc., popping up in the box. And he's not really afraid to shoot off his right foot, cross the ball with his right foot. Um, so I can see him playing that, you know, sort of more advanced, um, attacking eight, and then Erdegaard being sort of that connection player, um, and we've seen Arteta do that a little bit this season, um, where uh, you know we had those injuries in centre mid, where Erdegaard was deployed a little bit deeper, um, and I can see him sort of doing that again, but maybe just off um, the the left hand side instead of the right. Yeah. Sean? Yeah, I, I feel like, um, well, according to, if you read the athletic piece where after we signed him, it said they prim primarily see him as a as an eight or a 10. So, you know, it kind of fits in with what Dan's saying there. Um, I think, yeah, that I could see him as, a, as an option for Saka if we couldn't get like a Rafinha. Um, you know, like I said, he, he drifts over to the right and he has a lot of those half space crosses. Um, so that, that could be an option as well, depending on if we can, you know, get Rafinha or not. Um, so, but yeah, primarily, I think, you know, it's it's sort of cliche, but the easy comparison to make is with City, you know, when you look back at how, when David Silva was there, you know, games where KDB didn't play and, you know, you would have Fernandinho and both David Silva and Bernardo Silva ahead of him, do you know what I mean? Both occupying the half spaces. I think Arteta does like that symmetry. He likes the lefties on the left and the rights on the right, but, you know, uh, the, the main thing is, yeah, like I said, just to have that flexibility. So I think... um. And, you know, with someone like Odegaard, I think he has a propensity to, he loves the right half space. Whereas, you know, when we were doing the scouting piece, we saw Fabio Vieira popping up, popping up a lot on the left, um, popping up in behind. So he seems to have a bit more, probably agility um, that, you know, sometimes Odegaard can lack a bit as well. So, he, you know, it makes him a bit more unpredictable, a bit more hard to read his movements. Whereas obviously Odegaard's, Odegaard's fantastic on his day, but sometimes, yeah, you know, um, I think our game was a bit too, focused through him at times last season we knew where that dynamic was coming from you know party breaking the line to Erdegaard Erdegaard trying to find Saka it was that right half space link up but we need to diversify our threat a bit more and hopefully someone like Vieira and you know potentially others help us to do that yeah yeah sure um let's move on then to some of the other links that we've um you know there's a lot of them Sean you've been keeping track of them right are we, are we up to 100 yet 
<laughs> it, 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 it would it would surprise me, boy. But I, I think yeah, it's it's annoying because obviously we know that you know ninety percent of these these links, you know, but you know when people just put Arsenal's name in yeah. like in an article, it's just like you know it's just going to generate mad clicks when mm. half the time we probably don't even have any interest in that guy at all. So yeah, um, but I, I think I think now probably um, obviously a week since the the windows open, we pretty much got clarity on who we want. Um, so it's looking it's looking to take shape there, man. Yeah, a, a new one this week that um, you know seems to have piqued the interest of of some Arsenal fans, but also like some valid concerns as well. Um, is this uh, Lissandro Martinez guy? And it's quite an interesting one on a, on a number of. Uh, is, is it Lissandro Martinez? Is it? Yeah, Lissandro yeah, Martinez. Yeah, yeah. Lissandro Martinez. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting from because I I haven't watched much. I I watched a YouTube compilation video of him the other day. Um, um I think we should probably do a. Is he one next for the scouting Patreon piece? Probably. Um, yeah, if you can load the clips. List. You can load yeah, the clips. I'll, I'll load the clips. Don't worry. I'll get I'll get the clips. Um, <laughs> the it's it's an interesting one on a number of things because number one, it's uh the position that he's been touted for. Which is this kind of um, the, the well the left back spot? People, Sean, I think it was you who alluded to. There was an article that said that we potentially we want him to do the same role that Tommy Asu does on the right. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, when Ornstein broke the story, he said you know they're looking at someone who can play left back and left centre back, um, and so it, it sort of fits that mold because obviously, if you again compare us to City and you look at what City do with um their fullbacks you know Cancelo and Walker are both inverted so they're not overlapping fullbacks so what they generally tend to do in general play is that they'll sit in the same line as Fernandinho so because they push their you know the centre mids are pushed so high up um in that front in that line of attacking five um to protect against transitions if the ball does break you have your fullbacks inverted and um and and I think it looks like it might be what Arteta's trying to do here. You know, if you remember back during the season when we initially, I think, made that change around December and um, we started inverting Tierney and people didn't like it because obviously, you know, we, we we know Tierney as being more of an overlapping fullback, but um, it's it, it's a tactical tweak, obviously, to help us. Um, it, it helped us better create, but also, you know, defend better against transitions. But obviously we saw when certain key personnel were injured. So when Tierney got injured, when Tomiyasu got injured, the dynamics were different because... You know, guys like Nuno and Cedric can't invert. So um, I think, you know, he's trying to build up the profiles a bit more there as well. So because essentially, if you were to play like just for argument's sake, a back kind of um, uh, Martinez, Gabriel, White and Tomiyasu, they're essentially all four centre backs, but um, they're all ambidextrous. So, you know, they've they've got the ability to step in and, and play in the midfield line as well. So I think it's, you know, having that tactical flexibility help, you know, another guy who can help him build up. Because I think some of the criticisms about Tierney at times is, you know, sometimes when we're under pressure or, you know, we're trying to build up, he tends to go long. Whereas um, this guy, I can't lie to you, he breaks lines for fun, man. Technically, um, I, I was saying, you know, Emilio and Dan are very, very heavy on him, man. He looks, technically, he looks serious, man. Serious. Ah. And and he's, you know, he's, he's got that typical, you know, South American aggression for a defender, obviously. Mm. I'd be a bit wary of paying him, you know, like others have said, centre-back because, you know, he, he's, he's quite small um, for a centre-back. But, no, I, I think I can understand the logic behind this decision and I'm very much behind it. I think it'd be a great signing if we can get done. I was watching the Athletic video last night with Vaughn and he said, we're aggressively pushing on this guy, you know, so he seems mm. like one of the big, big priorities at the moment. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, his passing ability looks ridiculous. Some of the some of the pings I saw in the the compilations, I was like, Jesus, this mm. guy's this guy's kind of crazy on the ball. But some of the concerns I have, and some things that people pointed out, are the facts that you know he's only he hasn't played left back a lot, and um, again, you know. Whichever way you slice it, whichever may, wh- whichever way you may look at it, thirty million, thirty million is the price touted, I think, or in and around that vicinity. Um, it's it's quite a lot of money to play to pay on a player that you know hasn't played in the position that much. Um, also, the fact that he is well, he's apparently five foot nine. I've got my doubts at that because from the video, he looked fucking tiny. He looked tiny, man. Like I'm a bit worried by this. I really am. And Dan, sorry, I know this is like stressing you out because you're also five foot nine. I'm not calling you tiny. I'm not five foot nine, bro. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. not five foot nine, bro. Don't don't try and lie on my name. Don't try and lie on my name, please, please. There's listeners out there, man. You can't shake me like this. But he looks he looks smaller than five foot nine. Like when I'm watching him on the board, when he's like. When he's uh, in uh, in like a one v one battle against someone, I'm looking at his legs moving. His legs are moving like Torreira, like <laughs> like a, like midget legs. I hear that, and I I'm a bit that. concerned. And if he is being brought in as this, um, uh, you know, second choice left left centre back option, I'm a bit concerned about that because I don't, I, I ge- just gen- as a general rule, I don't like small centre backs, especially in mm. this league. Like for Mikel Antonio to be pamming you at the back post, no, thank you. No, thank you. Because in the Premier League, all that matters is a. It, sometimes all it takes is a is a mismatch, and that could be the difference between you you score you scoring and or, or keeping a clean sheet. You know, and I I, I don't like the I just don't like the fact that he could be. Um, regardless, people have said his aerial dual stats are quite good, but we all know the Premier League is a different beast when it comes it is, to yeah. the physical battles in the air on the ground. And he may be all right on the ground, but yeah, I have some concerns about that. And 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 height matters even when you're playing fullback as well. We look at the addition of Tomiyasu this year and how you know um, how it's really shored us up. Crosses back post, Tomiyasu is always there, very strong in the duel. Set pieces, we've been fantastic this season defending them. Tomiyasu has been a big part of it uh, when he has played. But generally speaking, all all our defenders have been pretty decent in the air. Um, the, the times we have come unstuck, we're, we're was you know in games like where T- Nuno Tavares has played left back, and maybe he's been found one in 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 a few aerial duels. And I just think it's a it's a very it's a it's, it's a it's a part of the game that you can't take lightly. And um, I just have some concerns about his physical stature and how that's going to measure up against you know crosses being put in at the back post because. Listen, you could be amazing on the ball, but if you're getting packed in at the back post every game, um, it's kind of counterintuitive, uh, you know, like uh, being being that good on the ball. But Dan, uh, you, Sean said you're a big fan of the signings, but also sell it to me, sell it to me. Yeah, I think I think he meant German. I think he meant German, not me. Oh, but, right, okay. okay. But but um, I I still am uh, quite quite excited by the the signing because I think you know it. The way I see him coming in and and working is mainly um, at that left back left back role. Um, if if we're talking about the Premier League, right? So because um, I I think one of the the major issues that we had uh, last season was trying to unlock that left side. Um, firstly, from the left backs that were playing, so Tierney, 
as Shell mentioned, you know, um, he he's he's sort of a you know pump it and run type uh, left left back. Loves to play on the outside. Doesn't really like coming inside. Even though when he does come inside for some passes. Um, you know, it's led to some good things that we've done. So, you know, I think he, he probably doesn't back himself um, to, to execute that on a regular basis. And then obviously then uh, accessing that left centre mid was made more difficult as well because it was mainly only Gabriel um, that would part, play play those lines, uh, play those passes between the lines. Um, and then uh, with the left wingers, you know, we had Jacker on that side, but we didn't really see too much of that sort of pass to the guy um on the, on the left wing from Xhaka too, too tough last season. So I think, you know, as you said, Lewis, the, the passes that um, this guy was was uh, was doing, um, they were really eye-catching. And I think the thing that I like the most is when defenders like to play balls uh, through the lines and beat a few lines of the defence uh, with a single pass along the ground. So I think not only is that sort of easier for the attacker um, to control, but I think, oh, one sec, my... Uh, that is a mad doorbell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I think uh, what Dan was going to to say was that you know um, when you have a defender who is able to take players out of the game, like we saw with uh, David Luiz, actually, mm-hmm. you know, when David Luiz was in his pomp and when he was um, even even to even at certain periods for us, he was our main playmaker. David yeah. Luiz, you know, when we were really struggling, he was our main playmaker and. Having a guy like that really takes the pressure off of your midfield because they don't have to then do everything. Um, and it, and it, it makes yeah, it makes on. it it makes it really difficult for teams to to press you if they know that someone at the back has got that passing range because if they squeeze up, the people over the top um, can 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 run into space and they can be found by some of these guys. Um, and I think that gives us um, a new avenue. And then on top of that, I think the fact that he's been playing under Ten Hag um, at um, at Ajax makes me less worried about the whole, you know, he's being played out of position, that type of thing, because, you know, we saw the clips from, like, even though he's not played there, you know, on a regular basis, we saw the clips from when he has played left back and he doesn't look like he's a fish out of water. Um, he's just playing in maybe a different zone. I know for Argentina um, as well, they've operated in a free at the back and he plays uh, on the left side of that. And that's not th- that dissimilar to what you'd be doing um, as either a left a left centre back in this system or uh, a left back in the system, it's more about you know how comfortable is he going to be in these zones, um, you know, with his whole you know way go to the position uh, stuff. And I think that he'll he'll actually fit almost like a glove um, into the system that we play, whether he's playing left centre back or whether he's playing left back. And I reckon um, you know we'll, we'll probably end up see if we do sign him, probably end up seeing him play centre back in. Uh, the early stages of the Europa League as he gets used to, you know, I guess the, his teammates and whatnot. And then in the league, depending on Tierney's fitness, um, we'll probably see him play um, play left back. So I'm not too worried about, you know, the height thing because I, I don't think that we'll see him be utilised as, um, you know, a centre-back mainly in these, in these, in these Premier League games because I think, you know, Gabriel's almost built for the Premier League there and, and I don't see us taking Gabriel out of firing line when we know that we've got to play um, a Mikel Antonio or you know whoever else there there is these big um, these big lumps that you know a Chris Wood or something like that um, up front so and then I think at left back yeah five foot nine you know in in quotations whether or not he's five foot nine or not I think there's a lot of left backs a lot of full backs who um, are around that sort of five eight five nine five ten 
um, height and they don't really seem to have too many issues. So um, the fact that he's been playing centre-back in the Champions League as well, um, you know, I think he was in that team that got to the, the semi-final, um, unfortunately got knocked out by Spurs um, of all teams. But I think he was in that team. So he he does have European pedigree. Um, he has played against, you know, all types of different strikers um, in Europe as a centre-back. So, you know, um, there have been shorter centre-backs in the past. You know, you look at Mascherano um, winning Champions Leagues at centre-back. Yeah, I don't think he was too much taller uh, than 5'10". Um, so, you know, I think it is workable and maybe we'll just have to see it before we decide that it's going to be a problem. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I can, I can, I can live with just, that. Just, 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 just on that as well. I think finally, I think, you know, how we sometimes see players play for other teams doesn't necessarily mean that's how they're going to come and play for us. Do you know what I mean? So obviously if, you know, we've spoken about the flexibility of certain players, like for example, Tom Yasu plays centre-back for Japan. Do you know what I mean? So I think, just as long as they've got the ability to operate in certain different zones. And I think, um, I can't remember where, I'll try and find the stat, but he actually has really good aerial um, aerials. Um, you know, so, sometimes, I, I get I get your point, you know, sometimes about the shortness. But I think I, I said the other day um, when I was talking about Gabriel Jesus, he scored a lot of headers at City and he's not someone who's tall at all. Um, I mean, if you remember guys like Tim Cahill, guys like Griezmann, a lot of these guys aren't tall, but I think, you know, a, a lot of it sometimes is about timing and, and movement as well. I guess obviously it can be different um, as, as a defender, but I don't always think it's, it's, it's the worst personally. So, um, but yeah, I, I guess I guess we'll see it when we see it. Yeah, it, it definitely looks like a very interesting player who can add a lot to us um, offensively. And I'm, I'm all for taking the pressure off your... Tom, like the, the the creative pressure off of um you know Thomas Partey, your Erdegaard, your Emma Smith Rowe. If we can get them further up the pitch, getting the ball on the edge of the area, then I'm all for that. So yeah, yeah, and I think I think one thing that should be noted as well is the fact that he can play DM um, mm. as well. And I think there was a lot of you know the the those pie charts that go around on Twitter. Um, and they were saying that when he plays DM, he profiles most similarly to Fernandinho and. Tiago, so you know, I'm, I'm yeah, exactly. So, and it's like I'm looking at, I'm looking at them, and it's almost like a identical sort of like like pie slice or whatever mm. of him and Tiago. And I'm saying, yo, like you know, this this guy is not just oh, he's good on the ball, he's he's looking wavy. Do you know what I mean? Because those mm. men are like proper proper top top players. So you know, it might be even a situation where you can see, you know, it's a it's a tough game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play, you know, Partey and Martinez in 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 midfield, you know, or if I'm going to rest Partey, I might play Martinez um, as as the the sitter, you know. Obviously, the height thing comes into it again, mm. but I think that gives you an extra option and an extra flexibility as well. That this guy can also play in midfield um, to a very high level as well. So, where has yeah. he played midfield? At? Is it Ajax? Yeah, Ajax. Yeah, Ajax as well. So Ten Hag has used him in, yeah. So he's used him. The one I posted in the group yesterday was him at left back. So Ten Hag's used him at centre back, left back, and in DM as well. So I think it just depends. Um, you know, the, the a lot of these new um, modern managers, you know, they don't believe in formations. They all believe in like zones in it and and the positions they take up on the pitch. So um, yeah, man. So, so 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 we'll see. We'll see. But I, I I really like the look of him personally. I think I think this is um, could potentially be a really really good signing if they if they can do it. Yeah, what's any what's the what's the gist with that anyway? What's the like the latest hurdles from what, from what you uh, know? is it just fee or that the latest is that Ajax don't want to sell basically because oh, they've right. lost they've lost um Graven Birch and Masrawi have obviously both gone to Bayern. 
Um, they lost somebody for else. Cut prices. Of, yeah, for cut, cut prices. prices. Well, so, somebody, yeah. some they didn't want to. So they basically, Ajax don't want their team to be decimated like it was, mm. you know, a few seasons back. So they've lost some guys, um, you know, then they've had the other centre-back, Timber, linked with um, United. Anthony, the right winger, linked with United. Um, so I think basically they've got in some money now and they're basically saying, listen, we're not trying to lose all these men. So mm. if, you want these guys, yeah, if you want these guys, you're going to have to pay big, big. So I don't Yeah. So I don't know, man. But yeah, from what Ornstein was saying, he was like, Arsenal are not stopping. So, well, right. so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's if he's if he's on our priority list and yeah, I mean, we should definitely be going balls to the wall to get him. If 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 that's if this is the type of player that, you know, Arteta wants, then yeah, I, I I want Arteta to get all his pieces because I, I generally speaking, I don't want any excuses for him really. Mm. So I want him to have all his guys. I want him to have a um a team that he feels is capable of challenging, and and let's see how he does. Um, Bruv, the squad that they're potentially building for my man, if he gets all his targets, is looking wavy. So there's literally mm. going to be no excuse come next season. You know, Coogs posted on the account. Uh, what was it a few weeks back? Rules like, what's the minimum expectation for Arteta next season? Listen, if we get Martinez, Rafinha, Jesus, obviously Vieira's already in, and potentially Tielemans, I'm saying, bro, it's minimum top four, like minimum. That's yeah, it. it has That's to be. It has to be. Yeah, bare, bare minimum be. because because you, you also have to add. Last season we signed six players. Saliba's come back now, and potentially yeah. we're adding another what five or so guy. So you're looking at this guy signed like twelve guys in the space yeah. of two summers. Do you know what I mean? So mm. you've literally revamped the whole squad essentially. Yeah. So you have what we're talking about is unprecedented levels of backing that I've never seen. You know, an Arsenal manager get as well. So mm. really and truthfully, yeah, like you said, they're removing all possible excuse that this guy has. So if they, if they do get all the targets, it's, yeah. it's incumbent on my man. He has to deliver. Yeah, and 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 also th- these players that we're linked with and and signing, they're um, they're, they're players good. that they're good, yeah. just good yeah. players. They look yeah. like good players. So it's not like you know we're signing Kalasinaches and Mustafis that we're gonna have to ship off in eighteen or t- you know two three years time yeah. or, or, or even struggle to get rid of them. They're young, they're um, they're good players. So even if Arteta is unable to get the best out of them, hopefully. Um, another coach will be able to, but yeah, um, let's move on to um, another recent link, um, which looks I think this one looks to be the least likely out of all the options. Is that is that fair to say in Rafinha? Um, I think when we're obviously looking at who is linked to him besides us, we've got Barcelona, God knows how they're. Uh, they, how they're able to afford him, or going to be, you know, finding the funds to to, to get him. Um, but you know, I, I've said this about Barcelona before, and then all of a sudden they they pull a hundred million pound out of their ass and manage to to sign these guys. So um, you know, obviously he's linked to Spurs as well, and you know, with it, I'm I'm sure he does want to play Champions League football. So I think that may put them in. It may put them in a pole position, but at the same time, we know they've got Son and Kulusevski, so he'd probably be playing second fiddle there. Whereas if he comes to Arsenal, I would imagine he is practically a starter. So um, I, I, I know that he would have a lot of decision making to have. Um, word on the street is Barcelona is his first priority. But um, yeah, like Sean, how exciting is a signing of of Rafinha? 
But I think I think for me, um, this would be along with Jesus, obviously the, the the most exciting signing of the summer we could make. You know, this we're talking someone who got double figures in goals for Leeds last season in a team that only got eleven goals last season in a team that only scored like just over forty goals in the Prem, just generally. So, you know, you're looking at someone who was responsible for nearly a third of you know all of Leeds's goals scored, and we're, that's before we even get onto chances created, assists he racked up last season as well. So, boy, and perfect age 25 i think this would be amazing amazing if we could pull it off man obviously um you know we've had one bid rejected now um they didn't say what the bid you know what the bid was they just said it was well below um leeds valuation so i don't know the rumors is that leeds are looking around 65 mil which i think is outrageous which is far far too much in my opinion but um yeah, man, all things said, we're going back in. So we've had one bid. The, the expectation is that we're going to continue again. So it, this is all mad to me, by the way, because I'm just used to Arsenal not doing all of this stuff. So all of these bids that we're just launching left, right and centre, I'm shocked. So, um, But yeah, so it looks like we're going to go back in. Obviously, as you've mentioned, there's heavy, heavy competition for him. Um, Barca uh, would have been his first choice. Barca is everybody's first choice. There's, there's no shame or no harm in that, do you know what I mean? But issue with Barca is financially they're cash strapped they have to make some sales before they can buy um rumor is that because of the fee leads are asking for they're focusing on trying to renew Dembele um you know who was linked with Chelsea but that hasn't happened so um and <laughs> I mean the 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 the, the, the annoying thing, the funny thing is that apparently both um Chelsea and Tottenham would like to use him as a wing back, which I think is just terrorism. Basically, it's football mm -hmm. terrorism, man. So, like you know, at Arsenal, he would get to play basically as a left winger or a right winger in one of his favoured positions. He'd be one of the first names on the team sheet, like where you said with some of the others. There's no guarantees there as well. And um, I was listening to Tim Vickery yesterday. He was saying, "Listen, the key thing for all of these Brazilians right now is the World Cup is only a few months away. All these guys want to go somewhere where they're going to play. Do you know what I mean? And play regular, regular minutes where they're going to be assured." Um, of a starter so Rafinha has been you know one of the starting wingers for Brazil uh, a lot recently in it so I, he, I think that will be a factor in his decision obviously alongside the financial package so I don't know I don't, I don't generally answer is I don't know man how this one's going to turn out but I think you know maybe we're in a favorable pos position obviously he's got um Edu's very close to his agent Deco um and the talk is that you know Jorge Mendes who helped us get the Vieira deal over the line is helping us on this deal as well so I don't know, man. I think we, we, we're we in a decent position. Obviously, we don't have Champions League football to other, offer like the other two Premier League clubs, but I think we still got a decent package to offer him, man. So, fingers crossed on this. Yeah, yeah. it, it does seem like a deal that um, potentially could go to the to like the final weeks because I, I, I do feel like with Leeds, they're in a... Not in a... They're not in like a position where they can just, you know, say, oh, you know just hold out for the for the biggest price but i don't think they're under any real pressure to sell um mm. and you know rafinha is a massive player for them even though towards the end of the season rafinha wasn't like exactly a i know that was probably to do with maybe some attitude concerns or you know maybe the new manager didn't really feel like he was up for the battle I, i'm not too sure i'm just speculating there but i know i know i know i noticed there was a few games where rafinha didn't um didn't start but um I mean, on paper, he's their best player. So they're well within their rights to demand a hefty fee. I just think, is there a price point that you guys would be like, no, absolutely not. We Let's move on to someone else. Because I saw an article the other day saying, was, was it 65 or 70 million? I, I personally think that's way too much money. 
Um, and I think you could probably get equally as good for 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 less of a price. Um, so yeah, Dan, what what's 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 your uh, what's your thoughts on Rafinha? And is there like a is there like a price point where you'd be like, no, uh, or you or you or you on the other hand, just look, just get it done, whatever it is, just sign him. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not in that camp. Um, whatever it is, just sign him. I'm definitely not there. Um, because whilst I think he's good, I do think there are probably players that we can get for that price that would be willing to that could potentially be willing to come. Um, uh, depending, and it's just about you know if you have that much peace to spend on Rafinha, um, you know they, I think they said they quoted the Gnabry price at forty million euro, right? So you know if you're going to spend that on Rafinha, whatever Gnabry is going to ask for in wages, the difference is probably made up um, in 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 that on the the difference in transfer fee makes up for Gnabry's wages, what, for two years or something like that, right? If you give him like 15 mil, 16 million um, a year or something like that. So I, I, I think that price is a lot. I understand it from Leeds' perspective. It's very similar, I think, to the Zaha thing, where it's like, you know, if we let this guy go, um, we're most likely going to get relegated, you know? Um, I think he scored or assisted something like, you know, 25% of all the goals they scored uh, in, in the league. Uh, last year, right? And I'm not sure that they'd be able to go out and pull in that quality um, immediately. Um, so I do get it. So, you know, I think Arsenal must have known this, that it was going to be a difficult buy. Um, and I think the fact that there's a lot of competition um, might mean that Leeds don't budge on that on that price. Yeah. And I think um, I think Barcelona, Dembele is staying now, so they might be out of the race. Um, for all intents and purposes, but then you still have Tottenham and Chelsea, who both have, um, I think, everything that we have to offer plus Champions League. You know, they're all in London; they'll all probably pay uh, the same wages, um, and they're playing in their Champions League right now. So, you know, I think they probably have um, a bit of an advantage of us in this um, in this scenario. So, it's about selling the project, I guess, um, and you know, making him the main man. Talking about the World Cup, this that and the other. How much game time are you going to get at those other clubs with the level of competition? Um, it's probably lower at Arsenal, I think, on the flanks. Um, if you're Rafinha, you're probably looking at it and saying, yeah, I can keep Martinelli, I can keep Smith-Rowe out of the team. And then if you're looking at, you know, uh, potentially some of these other attacks um, who uh, who have, you know, got big money transfers or big names already, um, you know, Son, are you keeping him out? Kulusevski, who ended, ended the season very well, are you keeping him out? Um, you look over at Chelsea, you know, how much do they spend on on Werner, how much they spend on Havertz, you know, Mason Mount is a manager's favourite, um, how much game time uh, are you really going to get in these places? And I think these are the sort of things that we have to try and sell him to to, to get him to, to come with the World Cup round the World Cup round the corner. And I think, you know, that whole Brazilian connection, the connection apparently with um, Edu and Deco, um, you'd like to see him put that to use. So I, I do think, um, you know, that price is a lot. Uh, and it, it remains to be seen, you know, how much of that leads one up front, how much um, they'd accept in add-ons and, and all of that um, malarkey. But, you know, I think if we were able to pull that, that one off, I'd, I'd very much welcome that. Very, very much welcome that. I think I really like the player. Um, I think he, again, he's incredibly creative um, and he gives us, you know, some additional threat, um, both from the starting lineup and potentially off the bench, you know, depending on if someone else is going to start. So, you know, I like him a lot. Um, and I would love to see that one um, go over the line, you know, with this, uh, you know, if you get Jesus, you get um, Rafinha, 
you've got, um, you know, uh, Martinelli there, you've got Gabriel there, uh, you've got this Fabio Vieira, you know, it's a new Portuguese-speaking sp- contingent there. I want to see some more of that Samba ball, you know, that Joga Benito. <laughs> so um, I think that's what football's about, getting players uh, that, you know, lift bums off seats, you know, and get you excited. And I definitely think, you know, Rafinha's uh, one of them. So, yeah, 100%, if we can get that done, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, where do you guys stand on this whole, um, well, you know, if Rafinha comes in, isn't he too similar to Saka? Don't they play in the same position? Could, like, have we seen enough of Rafinha on the left to know that he would be a, uh, you know, if we're going to shell 50 million out for him, is he going to be the guy on, on the left-hand side? Can Saka would we move Saka over to the left-hand side? Where, where does this all fit in if he were to come? Good players, man. Just played it. Yeah, you can play, you can mix and match with VSR Martinelli. You can have both of them on either side. I, I think I think obviously if we do sign Rafinha, he'll be a starter alongside Saka. Um, you know, one of my issues previously with not having Saka on the left was just because I always felt him and Tini used to get on top of each other. Um, you know, but obviously now we've sort of changed shape and our fullbacks don't overlap, they invert and they they underlap a lot now. Um, I think, you know, it gives space to both the wingers. So I wouldn't be opposed to having trying Saka on the left again um, or Rafinha on the left. I've seen, you know, um, I think there was a stat the other day that in Rafinha's first season at Leeds, he played like 20% of games on the left. Um, so he's, he's definitely played there quite a few times. He's he's, he's had a good impact. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I can't lie, I ain't even worried about that, man. I'm not worried about that. Good players can play anywhere. When Sané and Sterling were, you know, Sané used to play on the left and right at Sydney, Sterling left and right. So it's just mixing and matching according to um, opposition, according to how you want to attack, the spaces you're looking to occupy. So I am fussed about that, man. That, that's that's the last of my colleagues. If, if I know that next season I'm going to have ESR, Martinelli, Rafinha and Saka as my wide options, I'm happy regardless. You can just mix and match. Uh, whoever starts on any conceivable day, I won't moan because we're talking about bridging the gap, raising the level of the squad. Um, you know, I'd be happy, man. I'd be very happy regardless. Mm. And I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I can definitely see Saka being, being used as one of those advanced eights as well um, and playing with Rafinha on the same side um, or on, on the left centre mid. You know, we've seen Saka, when he's inside those inside channels, he is very, very dangerous, you know, arriving into the box, creating things. Um, I think his best performance season before last was playing as a 10 um, against Sheffield United. He got goal and assist that day, ran the show. Um, and, you know, we I think there's been clips going around of uh, Saka uh, when playing that sort of hybrid left wing back, left centre mid role against Man City. And he was our best player on the day, you know, against a very, very high level opposition. I think we only lost 1-0. Um, you gave... Um, gave Rodri a torrid time um, in that sense in that center of the party couldn't live with him so you know I definitely see it just being uh, some additional flexibility where you know Rafinha plays on the left Saka plays on the left Rafinha plays on the right Saka plays on the right uh, you got Erdegaard in the middle you got Saka in the middle you got Smith Rowe in the middle um, or Smith Rowe out on the left and so I just think you know we've got these players who can play in all sorts of different positions we've got five subs next year um, and I think I can definitely see scenarios where, you know, all of these guys are playing together, you know, where we need a goal or something like that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're really going gung-ho um, and, and I can see it working and I can see it working very well. So I'm not too fast. 
I don't think um, signing Rafinha means, oh, yeah, Saka's not going to sign this, that, and the other. Um, I don't think it means that, you know, Saka's not going to be a starter. I don't think it means that any of these other guys are not going to be starters per se. I think there's potentially 50-plus games next year. We're going to need depth. And if you thought, if you think about it as well, if Saka or Erdegaard or someone like that went down last season, we'd have been finitoed. You know, we'd have been completely finito with no one able to do anything that they they were doing on the pitch. So I think this is a, a situation where, or a summer where, you know, as we said, we're trying to get rid of any of these excuses where, you know, the level underneath the starter per se doesn't necessarily need to drop because we have so many guys who can play in so many positions to a high level, who can start, who can start games on the bench, who can come on and affect the game um, and, and still remain happy. So, you know, I think um, this is a, it's, it's just a sign of the future um, and, and, you know, hopefully good things to come from, from Arsenal Football Club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with, with all of those things. I think it's, um, I think even, even with Liverpool, the way that they're able to, you know, switch positions and, um, you know, some games, you know, Mane up front, Jota up front, Diaz, you know, good players find a way to play with each other. And, um, it's important to have as many good players in your team as possible. Uh, and I'm all, I'm I'm all for signing Rafinha. I'm all I'm all for signing him. I think it'd be a fantastic signing for us. Um, any more any more progress on? Obviously, we've spoken a lot about Gabby and um, his his potential move to the team. He's another exciting uh, you know prospect who you know who could be joining with us. Like there were some reports yesterday saying that the deal is getting closer. Um, anything to be read into that? Is it, we uh, are we edging closer to this deal? I think they're just trying to haggle this one down. Like, you know, they don't want to pay the 50 mil that City are saying. But the issue is on this one is that City don't care. <laughs> you know, City don't need the money. So City could just say, all right, if you don't pay it, we'll just hold on to money. If you mm. can leave on a free, like, it doesn't bother us, in it? So, um, And I think if he leaves on a free, we definitely won't be grabbing him. Yeah, we won't, we won't be getting him. So, yeah, it's one of those, you have to act now. And I think it's the, it's the same sort of situation that's going to happen with Sterling and Chelsea. As well, especially Sterling being English as well. City, City, City don't need to sell to anyone. They don't need to sell to rivals. But obviously, they've signed Haaland and Alvarez, so they've already stocked up. Um, and rumours is that if both of these guys go, they might add another winger as well. So, mm. yes, yeah, it's, it's this is one of the worst things about negotiating with a rich club. Boy. Well, and and this is you know a wider discussion that you could have about Premier League clubs in general because nobody needs nobody in the Premier League needs money. So mm. when you're trying to go and sign a guy from a Premier League club, like if they're on a long-term deal, they're like, ah, right, boom. Because I think that's even sort of the situation with Tielemans at the moment. Leicester are saying, even though he's got one year left, right, but we want money, like, you know, so, yeah, man. So Arsenal are going to have to just, yeah, see how they want to, you know, negotiate these down or, or haggle it. But I think this one will get, you know, it's one of those ones that's dragging on, but eventually they'll reach there, innit? So. Mm. The only thing I would say is, I and, and uh, granted, we're in June, right? But pre-season does start in, is it next week pre season starts yeah, or yeah. is it the week next week? Yeah, next right. week. Right. I mean, ideally you do want, and we say this every summer, right? We, we've been doing this podcast a long time. We say it every summer. Ideally, you want these players in as soon as possible. We yeah. saw this season that if we had just got some of these signings over the line a little bit quicker, we probably make top four this season. We probably beat Brent Brentford and Brentford that that those three points beating Brentford is enough to make top four of the season. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's these kind of margins that are, you know, 
or, or may or maybe we managed to get a point against Chelsea. Who knows? But the, it's these kind of margins that um, really make an, every game matters. And even just because the transfer window closes um, in September doesn't mean that we should let. Tr- and, and and obviously we're not doing it on purpose, but we really need to be purposeful on 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 getting these these signings over the over the line as quickly as possible because I don't want to get into another position in. Um, you know where 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 we've come our first game in mid August or wherever it is that we've we've got Fabio Silva over line and maybe another but we're still waiting on these forwards to come in and I I just don't I don't want to see that man I don't want to see that because um we need to we've got thirty eight games to play in the Premier League this season and all thirty eight games matter so we need to make sure we've got the squad ready for those thirty eight games because um yeah we we saw we saw the the impact that not being ready can can have on your season already uh last season which it hurt us it hurt us a lot we lost our first fucking three games so <laughs> which mm. you know k- kind of puts you at a, a minus nine handicap after mm. three games and it's yeah it's it's difficult to to recover from that position and 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 to be fair to us we did recover but um you know it, it wasn't enough in the end um any any other bits to cover uh any other bits to cover? Any any links? Boy, I, I, I've seen I've seen one I've seen one too many um, Eddie barbecue pictures. Yeah, right. so hey, he's cooking. By, the, by this time this time next week, I'm expecting a, another announcement. Still, mm. otherwise, um, I'm on him. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe maybe a barbecue is a is is a good thing. Maybe he's celebrating. You know, the fact that he's mm. you know he's, he's got, done he his, he's a, done his he, thing. Yeah, he lives a great life, man. Just cook. Barbecues, meat, and 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 science footballers, bro. That's... <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'm thinking here as well, especially, is that maybe the English media are behind sometimes, you know, with a couple of deals. Because I mean, obviously, you look at what happened with Vieira; nobody even reported that thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, and that came from Portugal and was announced. So, yeah, maybe, man, maybe. But yeah, no, I agree. He needs to make sure work work is done. But I mean, he, I, I read that I saw. I don't know if you guys saw the interview with him yesterday. He seemed pretty confident in it. He was talking smoky. So, listen, my guy. If if you get all the all the stuff, I'll be bringing some suya and some goat meat to your house as well. We can load that all up on the barbecue as well, man. Celebrate properly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no other bits of news to to cover. Um, I, th- I think I think obviously at the moment they're focusing so much so much on the incomings, but yeah, we haven't had a single outgoing yet, so that mm. will have to probably, major one, I guess. Yeah. yeah, we haven't had a major outgoing yet, so that will probably. Who who do you think thing. is? Obviously, we've seen some. Rumors this week that maybe Xhaka could be potentially out the door. Do you guys see any, think, any, any credence they, to that? I think if they want to get Tielemans, that might have to be the one that happens. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure that one because I think um, yeah, I saw no interest for Pepe, which is um, a bit a bit technical, um, and I'm not really seeing too much about Leno leaving as well. And I think those two are probably the biggest ones that I think everyone would like convinced would be leaving. Um didn't, didn't Leno have that um what didn't Ornstein and Gunnerblog report Fulham? I haven't heard anything. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Because so, right. uh, because I, I think in an ideal world as well, because what I've seen is that no very few of these clubs on the continent have money. So in an ideal world, you want these guys, you know, you hopefully some English clubs come and bid for these guys because you know from English clubs they're gonna give you money. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Um, you, you see, look, look at what's his name, Harry Winks. I've just seen, isn't he? Got, he's going to Everton for like twenty odd mil. 
So I'm like, that's what Everton never learned, boy. Why do they never learn, bro? Like, <laughs> what the hell? More money than sense that club. Yeah, but yeah, you, so... you say that though, Sean, but like, I'm seeing Spurs have agreed a fee for Bergwijn for 25 million. Like, yeah, what's he done to, to... It's what I'm saying. I don't get it. I don't get it. Bergwijn, I'm seeing they got 25 mil for... 20 to 25 mil for Harry Winks, bro. Like, yeah. what the hell? And, and they also sold... Um, that centre back to uh, Celtic for like ten mil. He's never even played for him. Is it Carter Vickers or something? Oh, yeah, Cam- yeah, Carter Vickers. Yeah, like they're, he's they're... whack as well, fam. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's never even played for Spurs before, but they've got decent money. There's money floating out there. There's money floating out there. You've just got to find it mm. because and and you've got to buy it. But selling players is as much of an art form as buying players, right? You need to be able to put these players on a pedestal and. And and convince these clubs to sign them, and I don't think we've done a good enough job of um, of doing that in the past. And you know, maybe it's a symptom of us being shit, you know. But I can't say Spurs have been. I mean, I know Spurs have, you know, finished higher than us in um, you know last three or four seasons or whatever. But you know, they haven't exactly achieved anything. So mm. if they're able to sell players, you know, surely mm. we can. Um, but yeah, I, I think as well, maybe it's, it's probably wages. I can't imagine someone like Harry Winks is on much money. Mm. Um, I don't know how much money Bergwijn would have been on at Spurs, but you know, obviously for us, issue is Pepe's on 140k a week, Leno's on 100k a week. Issue, yeah. those, they're, they're, those, those are issues in it. So, um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's call it a, a day there then. Um, Sean, Dan, thanks for joining me. So we're, we're going to get like a, a patron piece cracking. Which which For which one? We're doing Lissandro Martinez. What, what are we doing? What, where, where I, think, we? I think He's Lissandro what? one will be um, quite quite an interesting one, to be fair. We'll, we'll probably end up doing all of them, right? We'll oh, do oh, one I'm for Gabby. We'll do one for Rafinha. Yeah, we haven't done Jesus. Um, I, d- I think a Saliba one would be good as well. A Saliba one. Be... So listen, we've got we've got we've got weeks to cover in uh, for the Patreon content. So, guys, if you haven't signed up to the Patreon already, um, you've got it here. You know, you've uh, we're, you've got all this content to come. So, yeah, get signing up, and um, we'll be we'll be putting the groundwork in to get this content out for you. But yeah, Sean, Dan, enjoy the rest of your day, lads, and uh, take it easy. Take it easy. Cool. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Podcast Network.